Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're going to be learning the Seches Yoma, Daf Kavhei, and as well, Daf Chavavah Madalit. We'll be finishing tonight in Yerzah Hashem at the Mishnah on the top of Kavavah Madbeis. Just a reminder that this coming Monday night, there will be no shear in person. We will overlearn on Sunday and overlearn on Tuesday. There will be no shear uh, at all on, on Monday night, as I will be out of town at an engagement in New York. So we are starting now on the bottom uh, at a speaking engagement in New York. <laughs> Uh, the Gemara begins at, at the uh, at the bottom of Daf Chavdad Amid Beis, six lines from the bottom, and the Gemara wants to know the following. We've been discussing the pious, the lottery. The question that the Gemara wants to know is, when they were doing the pious, did the Kohanim and the board in the room have to wear big day kahuna, or could they even wear big day chol? And that's how the Gemara opens here with the question, six lines from the bottom. Chavdad Amid Beis, Bemam what clothing were they wearing? That's a machlokas in the Amorim. Of Nachmanomar, big day fault. They were wearing weekday clothes. But of Shesha Samar, big day, the big day Kodesh. They were wearing Kohen clothing. They were wearing the, the Arba Begadim. Of Nachmanomar, big day fault. It must be that they were wearing weekday clothes. Why must it be that they were wearing big day Chol uh, during the uh, pious? The reason why, says the Gemara, is because the Iyamras, the big day Kodesh, had it been that everyone there was wearing big day Kodesh, then Ika Ba'ale's rose. There were people who had uh, big muscles. They were big, strong people. The Cham Seva Avde. And they're not going to wait for their turn to get picked. They're going to grab the, uh, they're just going to run in and do the avoda. It's an unbelievable thing. So where's the basic ABCs and Midos? Excuse me, please, and thank you. Nothing. The Gemara says that that was not the, the way things were working. Maybe we should assume it was second base and Migdos versus first, unclear. But nevertheless, the Gemara says that we, it must be that they did the pious, they did the lotteries when they were wearing weekday clothes, because otherwise those who were, uh, you know, called the Alam Gavar, like from the beginning of Masechah's Baba Metziah, and there, the Gemara says, whoever stronger wins. But here, in a non-halachic way, that's the case as well. Rav Shesha, some are three lines from the bottom. It must be that they were wearing the big day Kodesh. Why must it be that they were wearing the day Kodesh? The Amr's the big day Chol. Because if you want to say that they were wearing weekday clothes, it might be that out of tremendous passion to do the avoda, they would run in and do it. So we had to make sure that they were in the appropriate clothing. Because if a Kohen does his avoda without the appropriate clothing, they're chai misibidei shamayim which is a big deal. So that's the machlokas here. Do It's almost like looking at the, the content of their character. Do we assume that the big guys are going to try and win and therefore it must be that they're in big day chol? Or do we assume that they're big tzaddikim and therefore they must be in big day kodesh, subject to a machlokas? We're going to now learn the underbelly of each of these shitas um, in order to gain some clarity. And that will take us uh, almost until the Mishnah. A little as one other small sugya before we get to the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, Chavdalad Amid Beis. Amr of Nachman Minu Aminola, Rav Nachman, who is of the opinion that the Kohanim were wearing big day chol weekday clothes during the pious, during the lotteries, what is his Marimakom? Ditznan, the Mishnah writes. Masrun lechazanim, Bahayim Afshitin Osan Es Big Day. Once this person was chosen, who, who is this person? That's what the Gemara is going to discuss. We don't know who this person is, but once this person is chosen, Bahayim Afshitin Osan Es Abigadim, they would make him change his clothes. And when they were helping him change, they always made sure to leave on the michnasayim the, the, uh, the, the pair of pants that he was wearing. So says the Gemara at the top of Chafeim and Aleph, my love, when this Mishnah is saying that a person was changing his clothes, wasn't it talking about that it was talking about the ones who actually won the lottery and 
Therefore, it must be that they're doing big dechol because we know that the michnasayim have to come first. And here we see the michnasayim were left on. The harayim must be wearing weekday clothes. Says the Gemara, Amar of Rav Huna Bar Yehuda, Amar of That's not correct. Be'osan shelozachu l'payis. When the Mishnah says that people were changing their clothes, the Mishnah at the bottom of Chavdal and Bez of Masrim Chazonim, that Mishnah was not talking about those who won the lottery. It was everybody else, and it was uh, and it was those be'osan shelozachu l'payis, the people who did not win. And therefore, there's no riot as to whether or not they wore big day uh, big day kodesh or not. And in fact, says the Gemara as follows. Lo the itzal hachinami mistabra. Sorry, three lines down. Kavhem and hachinami mistabra. This shita makes sense to say that this mishnah at the bottom of chavdal and amidbeis is talking about those who are changing their clothes who did not win the lottery. Hachinami mistabra the itzal kedai tach osan shazachul apayis. If you want to say that the mishnah at the bottom of the amud was saying that it was written about those who won the pious, how could you say that the garment that was remaining was how do we know that the first of the four begotten that's put on the body is the is the so we see that it has to be therefore that this uh, mishnah must be talking about those who were what did the other sheet say? Because the Gemara first presented the top line that says, My lavsha, my lavsha, osan shazachu, the pious, says the Gemara, how would he answer that question? No, no kasha. You could rework the Mishnah as follows. Maybe the Mishnah on the bottom reads as follows. The person who um, the person who the Mishnah is talking about is the one who really won the lottery. While he still has most of his clothes on, he changes first into the pants. So he's wearing, let's, let's say he has a shirt and pants on. He's wearing a weekday shirt and weekday pants. With his shirt on, he's covered, he's dressed. He removes the pants, his weekday pants, and he puts on the michnasayim. Now he put on the avoda pants first, right? The first garment of the four garments. So that's what the Gemara says. While he's still wearing his regular um, uh, weekday clothes, Osan Kodesh. Then he first puts on the the pants of the Kodesh, and then Osan Then they would remove the rest of his clothing. And he'd only be wearing pants, which was the first of the four begotten that he just put on. So there's a way to rework the first Mishnah. So basically, in short, the Gemara tries to present an argument to support the Shita of Rav Nachman, and in short, the Gemara highlights that it's really not the best argument ever because we have a way to work around it. If that Mishnah at the bottom of Chavdal Adamid Beis is going to be your, your, your beautiful Marimakom, Rav Nachman, you're going to have a problem because it's not such an excellent Marimakom. Then the Gemara pivots to Rav Sheshes. Rav Sheshes was of the opinion that he wore Big Day Kodesh. Eight, nine, ten lines down, Chavhei Amidalov says the Gemara, Amar Rav Sheshes, Mina Aminala. From where do I know, says Rav Sheshes, that really the people who were standing around during the pious were wearing Big Day Kodesh? How do I know? Says the Gemara Ditanya. Lishkat Sagazit. The Lishkat Sagazit was where the Sanhedrin used to sit. Kimin Basilki Gidolahaisa. Basilki. Basilica? Sound familiar? I presume it's the same word. Does anyone have an art scroll? I didn't look this up. Is it is it called a basilica? It's probably the same exact yeah, language. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same. I, it, the Rashi here gives an explanation as well. Rashi's eight, nine, ten lines down. Dibramasko Basilki. Rashi says, Base al Aliyah. It's a very uh, high place, seemingly that's a lofted place. So anyways, uh, the word basilki, I didn't know this until I learned this stuff, that this word is found in the I always thought it was like specifically associated with like Christian buildings, but it's not. The Lishkas Agazis was referred to as a basilki. Anyways, the Lishkas Agazis was Kimin Basilki, Gdola a very large room. And this is where they did the pious. 
Pais b'mizracha. The pais was done on the eastern side of that room. The zakein yoshev b'ma'arava. And there was a zakein, an older person. We'll see soon that this person was not a kohen. That there was a person who was sitting in that room on the western side. They were all sitting in a semicircle type of shape. The hamemun. What? I don't even know what that means. Do you know what that means? Oh. Okay. So Rashi says, Rashi, don't kind of circle it. Anyways, Ramamuna above and notel mitznefes me roshal shal echad mehen, the yodin shemimenu pais maschil. So what they would do is he would take the mitznefes, which is the wrap. Uh, that was around the coin's head. He would take it off from one person. That would be where they would start the pies from. They'd count the number one, two, three, four, five. Remember, now we don't count people, whatever it was. And that's how they would figure out who was who. The Isal Kadaitach, one third of the way down on Chapeh and off. Isal Kadaitach, but big dechol. Now, here's where Sheshes gets into the, to the meat of his argument. If you want to say that really, when we were doing the pies, they were wearing big dechol, we have a problem. Mitznefes, but big dechol, miika. This mission has specifically said that the way we start is by removing a mitznefes. But the mitznefes is one of the big day kahuna. So if you want to say that it's big day chol, how can you say it's big day chol if we start by removing a mitznefes? Answers the Gemara. Mi'ika, yeah. Is there such a, a, a such a scenario where someone wears the mitznefes during the week? Answers the Gemara. In. Yes, there is. Can't do for the seaboard, but if, if his mother knitted him a special garment, he's allowed to wear it. So therefore, it could be that he would wear something that is a mitznefes, something that looks like a beged for uh, that's kodesh. So the Gemara rejects that as well. So we'll pause right here halfway down. The Gemara presented this machlokas. What does the Kohen wear during the pious? Is it like Rav Sheshes that he's wearing the four begadim, or is it like Rav Nachman that he's wearing weekday clothes? And each one tries to bring their own rationale, and neither of them are stark, neither of them really hold up to the, hold up to the test of integrity, and the Gemara doesn't really have a strong conclusion here, other than to say that the Rambam does paskin like Rav Sheshes, uh, the Rambam, as you, if you looked at the bottom on Chavdal and Medbez where we started, you'll see that there's an Oskat on Bez, five lines from the bottom by the words Big Day Kodesh, which is where the Rambam uh, indicates that we seem to hold like Rav Sheshes. Please, God, we'll find out soon what really happened. It'd be amazing. Anyways, the Gemara here uh, continues by making a tangential point related to the argument of Rav Sheshes. What did Rav Sheshes say? He said that the reason why we know the reason why we know that it's Big Day Kodesh, that the Kohanim wore Big Day Kodesh during the lottery is because they were in the Lishkat Sagazis in this particular room. It says the Gemara's follows, Amar What did we learn from the presentation of Rav Sheshes? Shmamina, we learned two things. Number one, the room was half positioned in the holy part inside the Mikdash, and half of it was outside the Mikdash, number one. And number two, that there were really two entrances. One opened into the holy side, and one of them was opened to a non-holy side. So if you could just imagine a layout like this. Let's say that my Gemara is the larger area of the Mikdash. The Lishkat Sagazit would sit on the border like this, half in and half out. This part is on the outside, and this part is going to be on the inside. And there was a door from within the holy to get to the Lishkat Sagazis, and a door from the north, from the outside as well, to get in. And the Gemara is going to articulate how each of these things were drawn out from the statements of Rav Sheshes. Let's continue in the Gemara. Says the Gemara... The E Salka a little bit more than halfway down, almost exactly halfway down. The Salka Kulaba Kodesh. If you want to argue, if you wanted to say that really the Lishka Sagazis was fully consumed within the Kodesh area, that's not possible. 
What did the Brysa say above about the Zakain? It said that the Zakain was Yoshev Bema'arava, that he sat on the western wall of the Lishka Sagazis. That's impossible. No matter who he is, unless he's Malchus Beis David, you're not allowed to sit in that space. It's Kodesh. So it must be that there was a part of the Lishka Sagazis that was in Chol. Because otherwise, how could the Mishnah say that he was sitting? So that's proof number one. On the other side, if you want to say that it was all chol, then we have another problem. If you want to say the Lishka Sagazis was all external to the Azara in a non-holy space, that's impossible. How could we then have the pious in a non-holy place? As we learned yesterday, to fulfill the Pasuk, we need to fulfill the fact that the Beis Elokim, the Beis Elokim is Kodesh inside. That's where we need to have the ruggish, the, the exciting feelings of the pious, of the lottery, the haraya that the Lishka Sagazis can't totally be immersed and subsumed in the Chol. It must be that it's part Kodesh and part Chol. And the Brisa was dichotomous. It showed us both features. It showed us that the pious was in the Mizrach, which had to be Beis Elokim in the Kodesh. And it showed us that, the, that the, there was a Zakin who was Yoshev Ma'araba, which has to be Chol. So that's how the Gemara presents that part of the argument. And two thirds of the way down, let's go to the second part about saying that there's two doors. If you want to argue that there was only one entrance to the Lishkas HaGazis and it was in the Kodesh side, well, if the entrance is in the Kodesh side, then the whole room is Kodesh, even if the room protrudes external to the Mikdash area. So let's say again that my Gemara is going to be the, the Mikdash area. And let's say there was a room that sits at the top side of it. But the only entrance is from within the Mikdash. This way, this whole room is Kodesh. So that's what the Gemara is going to argue as to how we know that our inference from this sugya is correct, says the Gemara as follows. Visalka daita, Pesach echad yeshla upasuach, five, six lines above the Mishnah. Upasuach la Kodesh. How could it then be that Zaken Yoshev Rava? If the only entrance into the Lishkas Agazis was from a Kodesh space, the whole room is holy. How do we know? That's not because the Mishnah writes, if the physical structure, the footprint of that room is built in a non-holy place, but the only opening is in the Kodesh, then then the whole room is assumed to be holy. If the only way to get there is from a holy place, the room has to be holy, even though the footprint of that room is external to what is otherwise the holy area. And therefore, it must be that there is more than one door. There has to be at least one door that is not Kodesh. And if you were to have assumed that there was only one door and the door was Pasuach Lechol and its only entrance was from a non-holy space, Pais B'Mizracha, how could you then have the pious in the east? The problem there is that if the doorway is from an unholy place, even if the footprint of the room is in a holy place, then the room is not holy. And again, we're in violation of that room doesn't have Kedusha, and the pious can't be in a place that doesn't have the appropriate Kedusha. There really must have been two doors. Therefore, there must have been two doors. So that's our summary so far. Machlokas from Sheshas from Nachman about what a Kohen wears during the pious and an inconclusive argument on both parts. And then an inference from Rav Sheshas about the, the Lishka Sagazis room, which was physically built uh, in a way where half was Kodesh, half was Chol with two different entrances, one from the Chol side and one from the Kodesh side. That brings us to a new Mishnah. Up until now in this parak of Berishona, the word Berishona references the first pious. 
So he, no, it doesn't actually. It references something else. But it, it, that Mishnah only spoke about the first pious. This Mishnah moves on to the second pious. We had said that there were four paisos. There were four lotteries. Let's talk about the second one. In the second lottery, what were they determining? So the Gemara says they were determining as follows. We are about 15 lines from the bottom of the page at a new Mishnah, Kafhei Amidal. What was determined? Who's going to do the actual slaughtering? Who does the Zrikas Adam? Who's going to clean out the, the ash from the inner Mizbeach? Who's going to clean out the Menorah? Who's going to bring up the animal parts to the Kevesh? Uh, they were put in very specific spots on the, on the, on the ramp. Uh, and then it's going to speak about all of these uh, different animals, which were the Avarim, Lakevish, which animals were brought up. So the Gemara goes through a list. Harosh Viharegel, we'll see that these two are always connected, the head and the and the right leg always came together. Vishte Hayodaim, the front legs, Haokets, the tail and backside of the animal, Viharegel, the left leg, Vachazet, the chest of the animal, Vihagera, the throat animal, Vishte Defanos, the right and left flank, like the ribs, that those areas, Vakirbaim, the innards of the animal, Vatsolas, the flower, Vachavita, and some of the other donations that were going in uh, to uh, to the Mikdash, Vahayayin. So these were all of the things that were included in that which was put on the ramp. Shlosha Asar Kohanim Zachubo. So the Gemara is going to be bothered. 13 Kohanim. Did you do 13 lotteries? I thought we were only doing four. That's going to be the opening question of the Gemara. And then the Mishnah somewhat cryptically adds the following at the end of the Mishnah. Amar ben Azai, Lifnei Rebbe Akiva Mishum Rebbe Yoshua, Derech Hilucho Hayakorev. No, the way that this worked was that we went Derech Hilucho. We'll see in the Gemara what this is referring to. It has to do more with the order of which animals were brought up to the ramp at which time. The Gemara opens eight, seven lines from the bottom of Chafeh and Allah put the following question. They asked the question in the base Medrash. Well, you just listed 13 avodas. Are we going to do 13 different lotteries or are we just doing one? Had it been that they just did one, like the first option of the Gemara, they would have picked whatever the Kohen number one was, and then they would go down the line. The lottery only picked one person. And then the Rosh and Regal went to him. And then the next one was that they just kept going down the line. So how did it work? In that one lottery, were there a dozen other lotteries, or was it really just one lottery? They picked one guy and everyone else kind of followed in suit, depending on how they were sitting in line. So the Gemara is going to present three possible answers. Here's the first recommend, recommended answer. Tashma, let's see from a, from a Brysa. Is it a Brysa? It is a Brysa. The Brysa says as follows. What? Often at those depth, different sources in the Tanai. Anyways, you don't come to Dafiomi. I ask that question all the time because I, I I always forget to look when I'm Dafiomi Tosefta, yeah. I know, but it's really historically not correct, and there's Nafkaminas too in regards to Psach. If you look in the if you look in the Mesorah Sashas, it will tell you if it's a Tosefta. And that was authored by Levi and Bar Kapar. They're more authoritative than than Brisa's because they were written as part of the whole Sefer. So yeah, in Psach, it can make a difference, but. When you're learning like this, isn't this one quoting the Mishnah on Hafez? It's the it's the end of the Mishnah. It could be that. Oh, is that what it says there? Well, it's just saying Lyo on Hafez. So that that was the that was the end of the Mishnah Hafez. Oh, then it's not even a Brisa. It's a Mishnah. It's a Mishnah, I think. Yeah. Even better. Thank you. Toshma, the Mishnah. This is great. This is we're handling in Torah. It's beautiful. Toshma. That's all. That's what you're all about. Arba paisos hayusham. So we learned in the Mishnah earlier that there were four paisos, and says the Gemara, If in fact you thought that each each and every step had its own uh, 
had its own goings on, its own lottery, then you're going to have way more than four. But the Mishnah said four. The Mishnah was specific. So says the Gemara, no, the Mishnah wasn't specific. And there's another way to read it. And therefore, this argument is not a good argument. I could have read that Mishnah on Chazbez a little differently. Why does it say four? It means that they came in, into the Lishka Sazai, the Lishka Sagazis three times. Four times, excuse me, and during those four times, they had plenty of uh, plenty of different voting opportunities and lotteries. And any one of them, they could have had thirteen or fourteen. That's approach number one. So we tried from the Mishnah and Chavvid, we rejected it. Tashma. See, this one says it's a Tosefta. You look in the right. Tashma. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Lo Hayapayis Lamachta. That when it. I'm just saying that if you look in the Surah Sashas, it says, Aleph Tosefta Perik Aleph Are we going to drink a lot of smoke, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. That was very good. They knew. They knew. They, okay, anyways, let's go. They, they have to have part of the training. Says the Gemara, second possibility. Again, we're trying to answer the question of whether or not in this mission, when it details out 13 different avodas as to whether or not each one was its own lottery. So we tried and failed on the first one. Let's try uh, number two, two out of three. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Lohaya Pais Lamachta, when it came to the person who would grab coals for the Ktores, Lohaya Pais Machta, there was no lottery for that person. Ella, Koincha Zacha Biktores, Omer, Lazesh Imo, Zacha Imi Machato. We did not do a specific one for that. What does that show you? That shows you, shows you that the number four was very specific. And really, th there was only four paisos. We didn't uh, parse them out individually for each avod. The says, no, maybe we should say that the machto is different. Shiny machto uktoras, the chad avod, really, it's just in all one fell swoop. It's all really one thing. And he could amri a, a slight variation on the theme. Dafka machto uktoras, the chad avod. He really, those are all one of our avodos by pais. All of them may need another pais. So two different approaches as to uh, how to learn this. Why was the machta singled out from all of the other different avodas? Machta itzrichale. The machta was unique. And therefore, it was singled out. Why? I might have thought eight lines down. I might have thought that since it's uncommon, tough and shin in Aramaic are interchangeable. It makes you it makes you wealthy. So therefore, niskin We would have thought that we, this is the type of place where we wanted to put in a lottery. Kamash Malan that we don't, and it sits comfortably next to the person who's doing the Ketores, whoever's doing the Ketores can hand it out to the next person, and therefore we cannot learn anything from source number two. Let's try source number three. Tashma, Detani Rivchia, Lo Lechol Avoda Ve'avoda Mefaisin, Ela Kohen Shezacha Betamid, Shnei Matar Echav HaKohanim Nim Shachanim This one's very clear. Rivchia solved the problem once and for all. And Rebchia was later than all of this authorship of, we, we treat him a little bit as a Tana, but as he's really in the times of the Amorayim, he was very close to the Dor Ma'avar where things were transitioning from Tanaim to Amorayim. Nevertheless, here he's very, very clear that all they did is Elakoin Shezach and Tamid. One Kohen would, would be the recipient of the pious of the lottery for the Korban Tamid. And then they'd go down the line. Okay, he's got that. You've got Kabbalah. You've got Halacha. You've got Zrika. You've got that Rosh Regal. And, you know, they would go down the line. And that is how the Gemara answers our question. We gave three possibilities. All three of them, uh, the third one is the one we accept. And we assume said that the number four in the Mishnah was very specific. There were only four lotteries. When it came to the Kor Korban Tamid, even though it had 13 parts, we only had one person involved. Pais Hasheni, a quarter of the way down, Chavhamid Beis at the two dots. Ibailuhu mi mekabel. Who was the one who was the mekabel of the Dam? Do we say that the Shochet was mekabel? The Shochet is the one who does the Shrita. So he's holding the Shrita knife and he does his avoda. 
is a shechita, really an avoda. We'll discuss that in a minute. But the Gemara says that uh, one option is that the shochet is makabel, the iamris zorik makabel. If the guy who's doing the zrika is going to do the kabbalah, what are we concerned about? We're afraid that he's so excited to do the zrika that he's not going to collect all the blood that comes out during that first rush after the shechita. And that's a problem too. So says the Gemara, should we assume option A, that really the Shochet is the one who's going to do the Kabbalah, because since the Shochet's not doing the Sarika, we're not concerned that he's going to be overly excited and not do his job. His job is to shecht and collect the blood. That's option A. Oh, Dilma, or perhaps Zorek Mechabel, really, Taka, the person who's going to do the Zrika, the one who's going to do the throwing, is the one who does it. The Amr Shochet Mechabel, Zimnin de Shochet Zar, because the halacha is that the Shechita itself, the actual Shechita, of taking the knife and cutting the, the, the simanim, that can be done by a czar. That can be done by a non-Kohen. Now, there may be some logistical issues with that, but technically speaking, a czar is allowed to do the shechita. So which one is it? Do we say that the person who collects the blood is the shochet, or do we say that it is the zorik? Answers the Gemara, Tashma, it must be as follows. Ben Katin is the name of Atana. Ben Katin says as follows. Asa yudbeis dad l'kiyor. He made 12 spouts, 12 spigots on the kior, that the 12 kohanim who are sukin betamid, the ones who were involved in the corporate tamid, beautiful. He made it, it's like going, to, like in the, uh, when you go to the kotel, right? When you go to the kotel and they have those sinks with like four uh, little spouts on it, the round ones. So this was shaped differently, maybe mirrored after this. I don't know. Maybe it was just practical, but he was thinking practically. 12 people need the avoda. 12? Didn't we say there were 13? Says the Gemara as follows. And if you want to tell me that the shochet was the one who was going to be mekabel the dam, then then Ben Cutting should have made a 13th spigot. Why? Because we said that the person who does the shechita can be a czar. That means that you don't need kiddush adayim v'raglayim. So if the shochet is the one who is doing only the shechita, he doesn't need to wash his hands. How many avodas are left? Well, but if the shochet is going to also be doing this avoda of the zrika, of the Kabbalah Saddam, excuse me, then we would then Ben Kutin should have made a 13th spigot, but he didn't. The fact that he made 12 shows you that the Zorik was the one who was Mikabel because the uh, the Shochet did not do uh, any Kiddush Adayim Viraglaim, Elalav, Shmamina, Zorik Mikabel, Shmamina. Almost halfway down, Chavheim would base. Amar Le Rav Acha, Berei De Rav Le Rav Ashi, Avana Nami Tanina, we have a Brisa that supports this idea, Shachat HaShochet, Vekibel HaMekabel. Very clear. The person who's doing the Shechita, stay in your lane. You do the cutting. Vekibel HaMekabel, the next person, he's going to do the receiving of the blood, Uba Lo Lizrok. And then afterwards, he's going to do the Zrika Shmamina. What happened to our concern that, Af, that Agav Chavivu say that maybe, well, okay, we assume he's going to do his Avodah the right way. I, I, what happened to Kohanim's reason? That we, we've had so many times in shots already. We've had a, a dozen times Kohanim's reason came. Here in this Masechta, we've seen a couple of times that the Kohanim were, were like in a funny emotional space here, shoving people off of ramps, stabbing people. We've seen a lot of weird things in this Masechta so far. And I don't know why we're not seeing, I'm asking on my own, I don't have an answer. I don't know why we're not seeing that the Kohanim is reason him. The argument to say that a Kohen who was doing the Zrika was so excited to do the Zrika that he wouldn't do the Kabbalah, that's strange. The Kohanim was reading. We should assume that they would have done it the right way. Obviously, the Gemara. Person who won it, and then you say you're going it's just down the line. Down the line, right? So that person who's just doing whatever it's next isn't going to be 
But, but the Kabbalah is not in the list of the Mishnah. So the, because the actual receiving of the blood from the Shechit is not in the list, so we had to determine where does it fall, by the Shochei or by the next person who's the Zorei. So the Kabbalah guy, is not, there is no Kabbalah guy. So that's what the Mishnah was, that's what the Gemara was struggling with. But again, I, I just my own question. I don't know that. So halfway down. Kaf, hey, Amin Beis, at the two dots. Amar Benazai, Lifnei Rebbe Akiva. Remember, we said in our Mishnah that it follows the Hilucho, the process of walking. What is that talking about? Tanu Rabbanon, the Brisa writes as follows. Kepta Derech Hilucho. What does it mean, Derech Hilucho? So it says the Gemara, here is what Derech Hilucho would mean, the way in which you approach the animal. This would be the order according to Derech Hilucho, the way of walking, the way that you approach the animal. First would be the Rosh and the Regal, the head and the right leg. Then it would be the chest and the throat, then the two arms, then the flanks of the body, then the tail, and then the, the, the back left leg. Rabbi Yossi Omer, no, it's Derech Hefsheto. It's not from the top of the body to the bottom. It's from the way that you skin the animal, and they would hang the animals upside down and skin them back to front. And therefore, the list is reversed. Keta Derech Hefsheto, HaRosh Regal. Well, it's the Regal first, but the Regal is always with the Rosh. And then we go from the back of the end of the body to the front. The back side of the animal, the left leg, and then the two flanks of the body, the two front legs, the chest, and then the throat. It was the way that the animal was cut, and that depends. Slight variations in the order of these lists. It's always going to be the head first, but the Gemara is going to ask why. Nituach is surgery in Hebrew. So Nituach is the way that we actually cut the animal, the way that it's dissected. But not dissected, butcher, whatever the word is. I'm not sure what the word is. Huh? Yeah, technically. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So what would the way that the animal was cut? How did that work? Says the Gemara. First, Harosh Regal. Again, another common theme. Then it's going to be the front legs, the chest, then the throat, then the flanks, and then the back side, and then the back left leg. Rabbi Aglili, Omer, no. He says, the way we decide where the order of the animals is derech iluyo, whichever one is the best, hayakari, whichever piece of the meat is best. So ketza derech iluyo, which, which pieces of meat were the best? We always start harosh regal as we've seen, and then hachazeh. So the chest meat is going to be the best, v'hagera, then the throat meat was next, v'shteya defanot, then the flanks on the, on the sides, v'okets, then the backside of the, of the animal, v'hagel, then the back legs, v'shteya yodayim, the front legs were the skinniest, least interesting. But the back legs were, were thick. They were the most muscular of them. So that was the order of them. If you're talking about the best foods, the best foods is not necessarily the way you listed it. It should be the yerach. It should be the thigh. Yet we see that even according to the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, who follows the best animal, the best parts of the animal, you put the chazeh before the yerach, before the back leg. You shouldn't have done that. You should have brought the back left leg to earlier in the list. It says the Gemara, that's talking about an animal that's very lean. But the animal that we're talking about is based on shama, the shaman, based on how fat the animal, the fatty parts are better, marbleized meat, as we are uh, trained to call it nowadays. And that was a little bit better. So based on how well the meat was marbled, how fat the animal was, that was the order of the list of Rabbi Yossi Aglidi. And then says the Gemara, really, really, the two Tanaim do agree that we're talking about which meat is best. The only question is Mar Azil Basar Ibra de Bisra, Umar Azil Basar Shamna de Bisra. One says we're talking about which pieces of meat were the largest, and the other is talking about which pieces of meat were the most flavorful. Now, that's a good hakira. You can go to the store, you can find a very large piece of meat, but it's not as flavorful as the other one. What are you going to buy? You're probably going to buy the more flavorful one if you're looking to have a good meal. 
So that's what the Gemara says. Asks the Gemara the question that we've seen as a theme. According to all the shitas, whether you go by Hiluch, and whether you go by Hafshata, and whether you go by all the different possible, possible orders, why was it always that the Rosh was first? My time Asalka Regal Bahadi Resha. Why is it that the Regal was always put with the Resh, with the Resha, with the head? The head always went first, and the back right leg always joined it. Says the Gemara, Mishum the Resha Nefisha Be'at Samos. The head was filled with bones, which was considered a bit of a cover, but it lacked meat. So carve a regal bahadeh in order to compensate for the fact that it didn't have a lot of meat on it. It was the roche, it was the head of the animal. We actually have a, a comparison a little bit out of left field, but for example, when we shower, the halacha is that we wash our head first because your head is roche kol ha'ivarim. So on the mizbeach too, the animal, the, its head went on the mizbeach first, but because it was mostly bone, they added in one of the back legs, which was one of the meatiest in order to make it more of a cover for, for shamayim. Dukuli al-mamiyas, Rosh karid beresha minalan. How do we know that the head should be first, other than it being somewhat intuitive? The Tanya, the Brisa writes, minayin the Rosh pader beresha. How do we know that the head and fat were first? <laughs> Says the guy. Uh, skipped a line that doesn't make sense. The Tanya. How do we know that these two came first? As the Gemara, an explicit pasuk. Okay, what about the fact that the Padr is mentioned in another pasuk? Turning to the top of Chavavah Menalef, what was that other word of Padr for? So says the Gemara, to teach us the following, Brisa. the Brisa writes, how was the Korban brought? They would take some fats, put it over the incision line where the shechita took place, then they put it up on the Mizbech. That is the appropriate way to bring the korban. Then the next Mishnah on the top of Chavav Aleph speaks about the third pious and the fourth pious. Pious Hashlishi was for the Ktoras, and they would, they would scream out, Chadashim Ktoras, Bo'o Those of you who've never done the Ktoras before, those of you who've never done the Ktoras before, Bo'o you should come and you should join the lottery. We'll see in the Gemara that it was never the case that someone who had done the Torahs once would have done the Torahs again. Let's finish the Mishnah. The fourth pious, the fourth lottery was both with rookies and with veterans. And they added in another layer of who's going to, we said already in the second pious of who's going to be bringing the animals up the Kevesh onto the ramp, but we never discussed how we're getting them from the ramp to the Mizbech. That's the fourth pious. Oh, so says the Gemara as follows. Opens the Gemara, Chavavah Meralev, six, seven lines down. Tana olam loshana adam ba. There was never a repetition of the of the person who did the Ktoras. My taima, Amar Chanina Mibneshem Asheris. Because it's something that's of wealth and we wanted to give the opportunity to others, so therefore uh, we do not um, we do not repeat it. This is actually one of the customs that we have by Brismila that a Sandik should not repeat being a Sandik for one immediate family. So this happened by my, my boys, my firstborn children are twin boys. My father-in-law was on a plane. My father was the sandik for child number one. My father-in-law wasn't there. I'm like, okay, do the second one. Just sit, don't move. So my Rebbe said, no, we got to change. We got to change. The Gemara says that it's just like the Torah and you're not allowed to ever have it to be done twice. Subsequently, years later, I spoke with Rabbi Reese and he said, it's a minag, it's not a halacha. And the, there are scenarios where you are allowed to repeat um, having a sandik. Ask your local Orthodox rabbi. So says the Gemara, my time, oh, we said it because we mentioned it, Mashers. Amrle Rapapa Abaye, my time. Well, how do we know that it's Mashers? Because, well, Ilema, if you want to say, Mishum Dersiv Yasimuk Torah, Yasimuk Torah, Ve'apecha, 
If you want to say it's because of the Pesukim that speak about the, the, the Ketores, and then it says Hashem will bless your possessions, by an Ola as well, by Ola as well, there that it's going to be all given up on the Mizbech, which has an implication uh, in some way of wealth. Amarlei, no, you can't, you can't compare an Ola to the Ketores, in a regular day in a base of Mikdash, dozens of Korbanos Ola could have been brought, but the Ketores was only brought twice. Amar Rava, uh, Rava says, Lo demore. We're not going to find a Rav who is a posik, Demore, who actually teaches in Paskins. He has to either come from Shevet Levi or he has to come from the Shevet of Yisachar. We have Sukkim that indicate one by Levi, one by Yisachar, that they are the ones who are the teachers. Asks the Gemara of Eima Yehuda Nami. We should say Yehuda as well. That they are the ones who are Mechokek. They were able to dig, they were able to carve, namely, they were very bright. Oker Harim says the Gemara. In the line that I'm telling you, that all of the Rabbanim who are posting will come from Levi or Yisachar, I'm talking about Psak Halacha. And by the way, according to many, this is the ideal way to learn when you have free time is to learn a sugya from the beginning all the way to the end, from the psukim, into the mishnayis, into the gemaras, into the rishonim, and into the achronim, and into the poskim, that is the right way to do it until the point of actual, uh, actual behavior that is changed because of what you learn. Amar of Yochanan, halfway down, Chavav Amar Aleph, Amar of Yochanan, Ein Mephaisen, Al Tamit Shalbein Harbaim, Alakon Shazachav, Abashachar Zochev Bo Be'arvis. We don't have a separate pious for the afternoon. Uh, whatever happened in the morning, whoever does the Tamit in the morning is the one who does the Tamit in the afternoon. I asked the Gemara, that's not true. Macy Bek, Shem Shem Mephaisen, Shachar, Skach Mephaisen, Ben Harbaim. That's very. As you, you just as it's an explicit Mishnah says the Gemara. No, no, you misunderstood that. You thought that was about the Tamid. It's not Kitanya Ahibik Torres. When it says that there were the Torres was done in the afternoon, that's true, but it's not talking about the Tamid. The Tamid was always done by the same person, always by the same pious, which was pious number two. Tanya, the Brysa writes, Kishim Shim Mephaisen, low in the in the male, low in the masculine, low is talking about the Tamid. The Torres is a, is a Nikeva word, but the Zachar word is low. Tanya, Kishim Shim Mephaisen, low, Shachris, the Tamid. That's a typo. It's Ema, La. It should have been in the feminine, a reference to the Torah. That bright is not a right. There's a mistake. Here we see very clearly that both by the tummy, the low and the masculine, and by the law, the Torah in the feminine, both of them, this price explicitly states that there was a pious in the morning for both Tamid and Ktoras, and in the afternoon again for Tamid and Ktoras. So says the Gemara, that's a good question, but I have a very good answer for you. We're talking about Shabbos. Remember, we've learned this before, that the, Ashmur, that the Ashmura of any one set of Kohanim would switch on Shabbos. They would switch between the Tamid and Ktoras of the morning and the Tamid and Ktoras of the afternoon. So they had to do another pious because it's a new group of Kohanim. Because their Mishmar was changing. So therefore, says the Gemara, they had to redo it. But if, according to the Havamina, it wouldn't have worked anyways because you would have had too many Paisos. Says the Gemara, But had it been on a regular day, so then, yeah, whatever happened in the morning would have happened in the afternoon in regards to the Korban Tamid and everything is clear from there. One more quick sugi and then we'll wrap up for the night. We're toward the bottom of Chavav Aleph, five lines, six, seven lines from the bottom. We said that by the fourth 
uh, pious, what, what was the fourth pious all about? The fourth pious was all about taking the animals from the kevesh and putting them on the Mizbeach. Says the Gemara, Matnitin Deloker Belazar Ben Yaakov. Uh, our Mishnah cannot be like Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Why not? It's not in the Mishnah writes, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Omer Amalei, Varam Lekeveshu, Malo, He says, no, the fourth pious had nothing to do with that at all. The fourth pious was already, it was pre-decided. Whatever happened with the people who moved it from, from not on the ramp to the ramp, those are the ones who moved it from the ramp to the Mizbeach. So the fourth pious wasn't used that way. So therefore, our Mishnah, who says that there's a fourth pious, is not like Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. And says the Gemara, what's the machlokas between our Mishnah and Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov? Why is it that our Mishnah says that there should be a new pious? But Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says that there should not be a new lottery for those for the uh, pieces of the animal to be moved from the Kevesh to the Mizbeach. Says the Gemara, four lines from the bottom. One says it's better to use more people. That's our Mishnah, which engages more Kohanim, different Kohanim. It's better to use the principle of Barovam Hadras Melech instead of having the same 13 Kohanim move them in the morning. Let's have a different 13 Kohanim. Barovam Hadras Melech. We have this idea. That's why breakaway minyanim fall into this quasi halachic issue of like Barovam. Unless you have a need, but like in general. Unless you have a specific need, but otherwise you have a principle of Barovam Hadras Melech. That's the sheet of our Mishnah. However, however, Umar Sava, Rabbi Lozer ben Yaakov held Shechin Alav Orach Ara. When it comes to Akadosh Baruch Hu, Barovam Hadras Melech is like for human being activities, but it's not meant in the way that you think it is. Take a look at Rashi, five lines from the bottom, Dibra Maska Lav Orach Ara, the Misfaze Keman de Triach Le Milsa. Like it, you're showing Hashem that it's like we have to do so much work for you. It's Akadosh Baruch Hu. Everything is okay. Anyways, that's the machlokas there. Amar Rava, just one uh, last uh, halacha that is correct, and it's based on what we learned earlier tonight. We learned on the top of Chavayim and Beis, just keep one finger here and look at the top of Chavayim and Beis. We said that Rabbi Yehuda holds Lohaya Pais Lamachta. We said that he held that there was no pious for getting the coals for the Torah. Let's go back to where we are. It says the Gemara, Amar Rava, three, uh, three lines from the bottom. Lo Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov Islaid Rebbe Huda. It can't be that they agree with each other because Rebbe Lazar over here says that there was no pious by the uh, getting the animals from the Kevesh to the Mizbeach. And Rebbe Yehuda held that there was no pious by the Machta. So the problem is that Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov still needs to get to the point where there's four piousing. So seemingly he held that the Machta did require a pious. But Lord Yehuda Islaid Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. Din Kain Batzulahu Paisos. If they each held of each other's shitas, that would mean that there's no pious when it came to uh, then when it came to the Machta by the Torahs, and there's no pious when it comes to the Kevesh, bringing from the Kevesh to the Mizbeach, and then Vatsur Lehu Paisos, we're going to have too few Paisos. They had to get to four, so therefore these two Shitas are mutually exclusive. Turning to the Takah of base, had it been that there was a Tana that ever said that there was five, we'd also have to agree that it's impossible there will be Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, Rebbe Yehuda, Udelok Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, Udelok Rebbe Yehuda, because they only held that a maximum there would, there would be four, We'll stop here on Shabbos. We'll pick up on Chavav Medbez. We will be learning uh, that the Chavav Medbez and all of Daf Kav Zayin. I might push a little bit to the Perak. Mirza Shem will try to do that. And then Sunday night will be a drop easier. Again, a reminder that on Monday night there is no, in, there's going to be no shear at all. We'll overlearn before and after. Wishing you all a beautiful night.